Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. What is up and welcome to episode three of Grey Wolf Pack Chat. It is Ned joined by the man himself, Johnny Fitz, sporting a brand new Grey Wolf prototype hoodie. Looking the goods, man. Dude, I'm feeling the goods too. The only Grey Wolf hoodie currently out on the streets at the moment. But I'll tell you what, with this cold weather we're getting at the moment, it's keeping me warm and looking fresh. So life's good. I've got to say right now, they do look very, very good. And thank you to everyone that's already jumped on and pre-ordered a hoodie. I can now say, looking right at them at this very moment, they do look fantastic. And John, I am a little bit jealous of yeah. you right now having the first one, but a bunch of people have already jumped on. We've got a wide range of new designs as well as the old classic one, the yeah, classic 2020 design <laughs> and the newer 2020 design. But yeah, be sure to hit us up, greywolfentertainment.net. The shop there is looking the goods and all good to go for those Grey Wolf 2020 hoodies. Yeah, yeah, man. And like I said, it's the appropriate time of year as things are really starting to cool down. We've just loaded in some women's sizes as well because we keep getting asked. So we've got to cater for as, as many people as we can. So they're ready to go and get your orders in by the 15th of May. And we'll have those to you by the end of the month sometime. But yeah, check out the designs, man. I'm pretty happy with how they came up. And we're throwing a few different logos around. And the orders that have come in so far have sort of been a bit of a cross section of all those designs. So there's going to be plenty out on the streets, which is cool. Yeah, it's a bit of a mix bag and still more designs to come. One that I've sort of had in my head still hasn't come to fruition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, it uh... hasn't happened yet. We've got it down, but both of our graphics designers combined haven't been able to do it. Yeah. One basically hit the nail on the head. We asked McMuffin, he's like, I'll get to it. It's maybe. It's a bit of the Captain Planet thing, you know, mine versus McMuffin, <laughs> just putting it all together, but we've just got to wake up the second guy. It'll come out soon. Look, that might be an exclusive or a, uh, a limited run hoodie, maybe. We'll just see how we go once it's done. Yeah, and speaking of exclusives and all that sort of thing, I guess we'll jump into the reasons why we didn't kickstart the Patreon. Basically, we need to get these tiers sorted, yeah? Pretty much, yeah, and obviously anyone that's done Patreon before, you know, depending on how much you pledge every month, there's, you know, rewards and things that you get, so we're just trying to work out the best way to go about that uh, you know, with a, with a podcast, you know, with shoutouts and different things, so keep an eye on our socials, but that'll be up sometime in the next week or thereabouts, so by the next Pack Chat episode, we aim to be able to explain how it all works from there and again as we've said if it's something you'd like to do you'll be you know more than uh, welcome to jump on and, and help contribute to the show more than welcome we will encourage it <laughs> more than encourage and we've got a few people asking about it which is very cool but and, and as we've already said you know that'll contribute to paying for podcast hosting graphic design all these sorts of things that go into I guess making this show what it is and building this network the way we're planning to yeah we are starting to build which is very awesome so thank you to everybody that's jumped on and checked out the interviews we, of course, have a brand new one out now with Lucas Waxy Walker. Johnny, who you yeah. brought up with to talk a little bit Zoom call. We did. Before I get on to you about that, we should probably speak about The Last Dance, episode three and four. I might let you kick things off because obviously these two episodes, well, the first one, the third one was centred around Dennis Rodman, which I actually thought was quite funny. There was a language warning that came up in the version I downloaded and I sent to Ash, I bet you this is about Dennis Rodman. <laughs> sure enough, it was. Uh, and then I guess half of episode three, 
episode three and episode four were all about the battles with the Detroit Pistons. So your boys from the late 80s, early 90s. And and I think I might have texted you and said, I can see why a lot of people don't like Bill Lambeer now <laughs> after all that. And it's a very interesting, I thought, you know, some insights on Isaiah Thomas. And he's sort of notorious for not being liked by a lot of other NBA players. And, you know, he was left out of the 92 Dream Team for reasons that were potentially personal. And what were your sort of thoughts seeing that side of the team? Well, I think that the reason he was left out, I've seen the Pistons doc, I'm not sure if you have yet, was basically because of the 89-90s Pistons. That's why he was left yeah, out of the Dream yep. Team because he, he actually had a better record against Jordan back in the day and they're still firing shots like yeah. 20, yeah. 30 years later, whatever it is now, which is crazy to see. Now, I've got to say, dude, I jumped on the Pistons in the late 90s. A lot of people ask me, why do you follow the Pistons? We hate the Pistons. Yep. But it's all for everyone that said, you're a piece of trash, you follow the Pistons, blah, blah, blah. Pistons, yuck. Gross Pistons. Tim Pickett comes to mind all oh. the time. I'd like to say they're basically the Collingwood of the NBA, I guess. So, Tim, I'd hate to be a Collingwood supporter, I guess. You yeah, know? fair enough. Those guys there, which is just how it is. But the reason I got into the Pistons in the late 90s, before that I was all MJ because yep. being in Australia, you don't really know any other teams than the Chicago Bulls and how great MJ was. And I still think MJ is fantastic. I've sat back, I've watched these episodes, Johnny, and I can't help myself but still gone. hell yeah, the Pistons, baby. Yeah, yeah. I love it. John Sally got on there and he said, I love loved this team from Detroit, this little team from Detroit, and I've been there a couple of times now, stopped what the NBA wanted to happen. They were were setting the path for MJ just to take over, but at the time, he just could not get past those 89-90 Pistons teams. And yes, they did play very rough. I don't know, MJ needs to come and play in the Horsham Local League, I think, though. (laughs) Like, I was thinking about, you know, the times when I had a guy actually throw a punch (laughs) at the back of my head. (laughs) He can be, yeah, sign up for the zombies and, you know, join Waxy and the boys when we get it all together but it's a very good point and I really liked how they had those MJ rules or the Michael rules they were running for the finals and yeah, like I think there was five of them and the last one was if he goes up let him hit the deck but the other ones are actually quite smart keep him away from the baseline these sorts of things force him to his left hand side these are rules that you can give for any player that's dominating a game it's very very simple but I think obviously there's a fine line between being rough and, and just playing hard that kind of thing and I actually kind of liked watching some of the highlights of the, of the Pistons going about their business the way they did. Rodman carried that over to, to the Chicago Bulls, obviously, once he got there. It was just playing hard and doing the things that people didn't want to do on the court. And I love it that you bring up Rodman now, because that's the thing I'm going to say. So, yeah, I'm defending the Pistons as I will, probably until the day I die, because Rodman probably did, in that documentary, the dirtiest thing in there on Scotty Pippen, right, mm. when he throws him yeah. to the ground. Yeah, that's that. right. But then, everyone loves Rodman, mm. right? He ends up joining the Bulls. They win a bunch of championships together. But, you know, Isaiah Thomas, these guys who weren't even, in my books, as bad as what Rodman was, they're marked off forever, but Rodman's okay. Yeah, it's a a good point. I don't know, man, but, you know, you're going to talk to me, I'm going to be just defending them to the cows come home sort of deal. Bill Lambeer, like, yeah, he seems like a big, giant guy that's kind of funny, and what brother-in-law and I have been chatting about a little bit is we think it's great that he's just sat back and he goes, no, I didn't want to shake their hands. (laughs) They whined for a year and a half, and, like, you know what I mean? 
him. Like, he's just not Says turning back is. on it at all. Whereas guys like Isaiah Thomas is going, if I had have known this is what was going to happen, yeah. then, you know, I would have just done it. Yeah. But, you know, they were arguing that the year before, that's what happened with the Celtics. They didn't care, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. And yeah. they also argue it was a different time. The late 80s, early 90s, a lot rougher back then. I've heard some of the Pistons guys saying, you should see some of the scars and whatever we've got as well. Yeah, you yeah. Know, but it's because everybody loved MJ. Mm. Very funny, though. I've seen LeBron James come out and say how great a player Isaiah is because I think right now LeBron James wants to be the best player in the world oh, as you course. don't want to. So yep. he's there sticking up for the Isaiah Thomases and that of this world. Yeah, it's interesting. Sort of I have out? actually, and I've got a really good note that I read out online during the week, and I'll get that up in a minute. But I thought it was very interesting because in that series where the Pistons players walked off the court, there were, I think, three Pistons players stayed on the court and shook hands, and one of them was John Saley. Yeah. There was another guy who ended up at Chicago as well. So it's sort of like, I mean, we only see one side of this story, of course. It was very interesting that they sort of must have seen something in these guys, just role players, and ended up signing two of them for that late 90s run, which I thought was interesting. Oh, that uh, is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I found this quote online, and I thought this, and I mean, we've spoken about it in the past on the Hoops podcast and, and that, and the, yeah, the MJ LeBron discussion always comes up. And I thought, I'll paraphrase a few lines from this that I read online, and it says here that's crazy how contrasting MJ and LeBron are. And for those who are able to watch both, I'm pretty jealous, this person says, and I would have loved, I was probably a bit young to watch MJ really in his prime, but the thing is that Michael Jordan was just a killer. You know, he didn't care if you liked him, he's going to rip your heart out, and he did whatever it took to win the game. Whereas LeBron, at his core, just wants to be loved. That's why he does Taco Tuesday, and he carries on with the fans and does all this kind of stuff. He just wants to be loved yeah. by everyone. So it's like, it's two very different guys, but if we're talking about the greatest player of all time, like that's where you have to go Michael Jordan, because it was that hunger to win, he didn't care what anyone thought about him, and now we're finding out a bit more about yeah. you know how he felt. And one person replied to that and said, would you rather be feared or be loved? And I think that's the contrasting point with MJ and LeBron, is Michael Jordan wanted to be feared. He's the best player ever. And LeBron, at his core, just wants to be loved by everybody. And I think that's a very different side to that argument, which I really enjoyed reading that sort of feedback. And I think it sort of sums up pretty well. Yeah, which is interesting too, because it's already watching these things, because like I said just before, I'm a massive fan of MJ. Always have been, always will be. But we're seeing a very different Michael Jordan to what we were alluded to yeah. in Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good point, actually. <laughs> yeah. he's, it's it's kind of satisfying, actually, listening to him swear and carry on and, and talk with no strings attached. Like, I'm, I'm really enjoying seeing that sort of side of him, I guess. And is that it's like raw. a little glass of whiskey there? Yeah. Sitting next? <laughs> yeah. Pretty gangster. And, and if you, you'll notice that the, the level goes up and down during the, uh, oh, during the episode. I haven't it's actually, noticed that. That's great. It's actually it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as you mentioned earlier, yeah, Waxy uh, Lucas Walker's been running a little Zoom book club. He's been calling it. Just a, a, a group of guys coming together. On Tuesday, I jumped in there, and man, it was very interesting. Yeah, Peter Crawford was online, and a bunch of guys that are just you know Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan obsessed. And one guy, Adam, who runs a podcast called In All Airness, which uh, is very interesting. I'm, I'm catching up on some episodes now. He actually had Scott Burrell on this week, who was the guy that MJ was getting stuck into about him having all these girlfriends. You remember that from yeah, uh, episode yeah, yeah, two yeah, or definitely. whatever it was? Yep. And apparently, around episode six or seven, it absolutely everything just blows up. So there's a little bit of uh, something to look forward to. Apparently, Michael Jordan just ripped shreds off him, and the whole the whole story of everything just completely blows up around episode six. So like, it's got me so excited oh. to keep following this journey through, man. It's been bit so case, good. It's like we keep saying is watch this space. That's great that he had that guy on right there. He said at the start of this, he doesn't want people to see it because he's going to be you know less loved mm. or whatever. And you're so, so far, I'm still sort of loving him, and yeah. he's bagged yep. up my Pistons pretty well and true. 
really like they're all like pistons, man. And that's half the reason I didn't want to jump on that Zoom call because I just pictured however many of you guys in that chat room bagging the pistons and me there going, damn you, Waxy. <laughs> yeah, damn that's, you, that's fair. It wasn't, um, wasn't too much about the, the pistons bashing as, as I was sort of expecting, but the same, you know, talking about those particular episodes. But one thing that was really interesting and, and Peter and Waxy were talking about this is how cool would it be to have a Boomers documentary in a very similar light? And apparently there has been a film crew, a, a, a filmographer following the Boomers around for the last little while. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, missing out getting cut from your from your country and waxy sort of piped up and said yeah i know what that's about and it'd be very interesting to see like you know home soil here's these how many players are striving to represent their team obviously then guys come back from college and overseas to jump into the side like imagine that last boomers camp where creaky missed out like how cool would it be to see behind the scenes like a tell-all raw you know we're talking probably 10 15 years down the track but i reckon that'd be pretty awesome yeah that'd be amazing right there actually because there was a lot of controversy surrounding that and like we've talked about with everything that happened with Joey Wright, just around, there's just a very underground or, or something yeah. feel about the whole NBL and basketball yeah. in general across Australia, and there always yep. has been. We sort of seem to be lifting that now, but I agree 100% yeah. that would be amazing to and see right there. One of the guys in the group, Colin, it was just very inciting to really get to say much. I was just too busy listening to these guys talk. One of them actually said about the NBL is you feel it's almost like a kid's product in a way, like it's all, and Waxy also said this as well, like it's all you know, nice language and lo- lo- looking at the good side of things imagine a tell-all documentary that shows the whole other side of all these things that have gone on you know that's a it's a professional sporting league there's going to be a dark side to it in a way but the you know the 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 way that the league's marketed and it's obviously worked is let's get the kids in you know and then we've spoken about that before you get the kids in you get the adults in etc but at the end of the day you know these are grown men playing a competitive sport competing for spots like how cool would it be to see behind the scenes of how that all works so who knows maybe one day yeah it'd be absolutely amazing there and agreed like you know they even have looney tunes rounds and all exactly. this sort of stuff for the kids. So definitely get amongst that, John. Wow. I'm yeah, sorry. It's, it's all happening, man. But one of the big announcements that just sort of snuck out during the week was Space Jam. I mean, they've actually announced the full title of the movie, Space Jam, A New Legacy. The posters come out. It's one of those ones that's been sort of fake rumoured for so long. It was hard to know if it was actually legit, but LeBron James is the one who sort of tweeted it out. So, man, I'm getting pretty excited about all this basketball news. It is just everywhere at the minute, and we'll have to post that up on our socials because that right there has got me all sorts of excited. Tell you what, just real quickly back onto your Waxy side of thing there, you need to check out our interview with Lucas Waxy Walker. 100%. Great dude. I really enjoyed talking to him. He, he was just so down to earth, humble and you know, he was even cool enough he, he checked us out before jumping on board so extra hats of off to him right there. But he was saying, and here's a bit of a spoiler alert, that his favourite times were playing at the Melbourne Tigers. Yeah, now, yeah. Now you know I've always been a passionate Melbourne <laughs> Tigers hater. This is this podcast is kind of killing me because yeah, I'm talking yep. to these guys from the Melbourne Tigers and they end up being great dudes and I'm like, well, yes, they're okay. They're now, okay. You know? Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> I know. It's hard, isn't it? That was sort of the team that they were. But for my end, the most utmost respect for Waxy. It was great. To, we could have talked to him for three hours and just kept chatting and, and carrying on. But the best part of the interview, and hopefully you've heard it by now, was when he remembered that the team that we wanted him to play for was called the Zombies. He actually said, "Oh, y'all come play for the Zombies." Before we even asked him, so he it was didn't pretty even wicked. Have Hesitate. <laughs> Didn't even hesitate. And here's a question for you, John. Yep. Off-cut sort of question here. We finally beat the Flint Tropics. Yep. <laughs> we finally beat them. That'll be like when the Bulls beat the Pistons. <laughs> be that That's I wonder if they'll walk off and 
shake our hands. <laughs> That's a good do, point. Do you yeah. think they will be cut up that we have had to recruit Australian players to beat them? You know, and also, further yep. to the fact, do you think Sean, because I don't think Sean Bruce is going to play with the zombies. I think he'll go to his Flint Tropics and I think yep. he'll probably recruit pretty hardly as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, actually. And this could turn into a grudge match in a couple of years' time. You'll have Shawnee Bruce and all the Tropics, Tropics boys on one side. I won't obviously be playing for the zombies. There'll be no room, but we'll have Lucas Walker, we'll have Jock Landau, we'll have all these guys representing us, Mitch McCarron. So, it, look, it could end up being a bit of a Detroit Pistons sort of Chicago Bulls thing, the walk-off kind of deal. And actually reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns brings in, brings in all the baseballers for the company well, team. Mr. Burns had done it. <laughs> the power plant had won it. Yeah, I know That's the one you're the talking one. about. That is you and I to a team uh, where we're not even playing yep, on the yep, team. Yep. But we're getting sidetracked. Oh, I love it, man. <laughs> but you know, you never know. Just keep keep out and watch this space. We might have to do like a little virtual matchup or something like that one day. But uh, yeah, that's it's on in- Flint Tropics. <laughs> I see you. We couldn't even beat them when they had four players. I just watched and shook my head. I know, and our players were too hungover. But like I said before, man, it's very interesting. There's so much basketball going on at the moment. It's just, even without any live sport, like, how good is it? We still get our fix. Yeah, oh, I haven't been bored at all. All you've got to do to people who are looking for boredom, start up like a Grey Wolf network, call it the, you know, Brown Dog Network, <laughs> and find a bunch of interviews yeah, and yep. talk sport and talk whatever. And it really does take up time. It does, man. Yeah, and uh, let's let's sort of move on to something completely different. And uh, I'm going to move on to talk about my burger because this has sort of hit the airwaves in a big way and it's got people talking and maybe a bit of controversy attached to it as well. There is controversy around this one and it is surprisingly being like, we would say we're the majority sports-related. Yeah, you yep. go and post a burger and the followers go crazy. <laughs> yeah. And they're saying how delicious it looks. But the whole beef here was, and shout-outs to Todd Fatty Langan who said... What the hell is the lettuce and stuff doing on the bottom of the burger? Well, I've done a lot of research on this topic over the years because burgers are very close to my heart. And you're going to laugh at my notes here, man. And I've got a few different reasons for this, Toddy. And look, at taking a step back, you know, and one of the best things about making these sorts of, I guess, of food items is you can sort of do what you like. You know, you can try it every time. If it works, it's still a delicious burger. If it doesn't, it's still a delicious burger. But I've got this theory, and I've researched this theory a lot more than what I should be doing. And if Ash is listening, she's shaking her head at me right now. When we're making a burger, Nettie, Instead of putting on toppings, we put on bottomings. Right. right. So why is this? And I'll explain a little bit. And this comes from the research of a chef from the Food Lab, which is an online article. He does his own stuff. He's really good. Chef J. Kenji Lopez-Alt is his name. And I think he's just Chef Kenji for short. And also some of the the works of Gordon Ramsay, who's one of my heroes, the way they stack these burgers. And actually going back again, and this is a characteristic. If you've ever been to In-N-Out Burger in America, this is how they stack their burgers as well but they go tomato lettuce then the patties and then you know I think they put onions on top but there's a bit of a theory about this when we're, we're stacking our burger from the bottom so and I've written some notes here and, and you'll be able to see this so lettuce is used obviously to protect your bottom bun and it's a nice stable base for the rest of it so we go sauce and lettuce so that keeps the, the the juice from dripping from the other ingredients onto that bottom bun and then you've just got a soggy soup basically and as I've, I've written down here it holds in any juice it also trickles down because it's not just from the patty it's from the 
tomato and the pickles as well. So you want to be able to hold that in without ruining the bottom of your burger. And then you put the tomatoes and pickles on top of that to perform a bit of a, a platform, or I like to say the word throne. Yeah. For the These meat. are very detailed. Mate, this is what I do when I'm bored. Yeah. So there you go. It's Todd, you wanted to know. He has gone all out. Oh yeah, it's it's a whole it's an I'm art. I'm just form. trying not to laugh it's at what's coming form. up. Yeah, next. and I'm gonna run you through this. Now I want you to close your eyes and picture this. I call it the bite sequence. The bite sequence this is, is hilarious. This is my personal theory, okay? When you're chewing into this amazing Fitzy burger, right, you get the first layer of, as you're going down the burger, you get the first layer of sauce from the top. You get the delicious bit of cheese. It's nice and a little bit stringy. Then you chomp into that juicy burger, and then you get the veggies at the bottom with a little bit more sauce, and it's just the perfect bite sequence. And this is a theory that I've tried and tested over the years, and that's what put In-N-Out Burger on the map is the way they stack their burgers. So there you go, Todd. You wanted to know. Yeah, You've well, that's told. the theory. Well, what's this BDI, sir? Yeah, it's a good one. And Toddy and I went back and forth on this a little bit, but and he he actually suggested adding a potato cake to help the bun durability <laughs> index, which is what we've come up with. So that's the BDI. Probably arguably one of the most important parts of building a burger is how much the bun can stay together. Now, I agree with that. And yeah. I, I, I hate to be a bit of a sourpuss in this, but I, I feel adding a potato cake to this burger is not really going to be adding to the healthiness of it. But yeah. I, I just, I shouldn't have said anything. That's very going. true. Yeah. So these are, you know, it's, it's a treat once a week. It's not a, it's not a nightly meal, but I'm going to try once the potato cake because especially, and I've got three tips I'm going to run through in a minute. I'm going to talk about the bun. If you're using the right type of bun, the BDI becomes very important because brioche buns, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, don't hold together as well as like your sort of bread roll kind of bun. So you really need to make sure, and this is where the stacking becomes important. You really need to make sure when you take that first bite, it doesn't crumble in your hands. And one thing that I'll guarantee, if you stack a burger the way that I do, the toppings will not fall out. I guarantee. You're not going to have to pick them all up off the plate. It's going to hold together absolutely perfectly. So hopefully that's a, a bit of an insight as to how I've constructed my burger. There is plenty of research out there on it, which you'll probably never find if you go looking, but I can post it up as a backup. But <laughs> I love that you've gone to this length and extent to go into this. And I'd just like to point out really quickly, until he started carrying on about it, I'm like, what? I didn't even notice. I'm just like, that looks delicious. Yeah, I didn't yeah. notice I... the order of the stacking. <laughs> you fruities are just another breed. It hey. tastes good. But I like the idea exactly. of it not falling apart. That's, that's, that's big. a big one. That's a big one. And because you don't sort of have the burger on the bottom, right, with the juices going straight into that bottom bun, which is going to fall apart, then you're trying to balance your tomato and your lettuce. And the problem is if you do it that way, everything's just going to fall out from the middle. So Makes it's not sense. weighted correctly. But look, this, and again, like I said before, it's something you can just test and, and try out because you're really not doing any damage. You're still having a delicious burger. True that. But since we had a little bit of interest, and I know my friend Sam Flaherty was keen to hear a few uh, a few tips that I like to keep close to my heart with different things, and I'll run through these very quickly, but I've got three tips, just sort of basic ones, if you're looking to get that sort of American smash-style burger that's just oozing with cheese and beautiful sauce. There's a few tips that you can do, and this is just the same adding to your burger if you're just making one on Friday night with the kids. So nice. number one is the meat, and that's probably the most important part when you're m- making a burger is to get the right meat, and you can forget all that crap at the supermarket. Just don't even bother getting your minced oh, meat from the supermarket go. go to your local butcher because what you're looking for is at least 20% fat in your burger <laughs> and the reason that fat needs to be in there is as it's sort of cooking and rendering down it holds it all together so you, you often see burger recipes when you throw an egg in or you throw something in there to help it stick together if you get the right fat content you don't even have to worry about that so that's the first tip now if you can't get any sort of burger mince from your butcher get some chuck and then they can mince it up for you so chuck's the right sort of cut of steak with the right amount of fat so that's a big one number one your meat 
meat. Number two is pickles. Now, I know a lot of people don't like pickles. A lot of my friends pick them out of their Macca's burger. Yeah, I'm the one gherkin. of those. I hear that Herbs loves yeah, the pickle. Leave the pickle in. Enjoys Trust me. his pickle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the pickle in, as Herbs would say. <laughs> now, I'm not just talking about pickles in the burger, but pickles in your sauce as well. My secret Leave sauce. Leave it in, so what? Leave the pickle in. It's that little bit of acidity, a little bit of that sweet taste you get off the pickle. It works perfectly with everything and it brings it together. It's that little bit of sweetness from the pickle. It's exactly what you need. And it's not like you're chomping in and all you can taste is pickle. you got to remember, remember the uh, the bite sequence? You're getting all that at once. I really forgot the bite sequence, Don't forget man. the bite sequence. It's right in the middle there and you get a beautiful pickle piece of that sort of sweet pickleness. Love it. <laughs> <would say. laughs> and lastly, before we move on, <laughs> the buns. And we've got to talk about herbs in a minute. The buns the most important part. Do not go to the supermarket and buy those bread roll buns or I will come around there and I'll rip them apart and throw them down your throat. Well, that's what happened to us the other day. That's what we're do missing that. out. Do you like toast the buns yes, as well? Yes, you have yes, to toast must. the buns and I'll go back on that in a minute. Brioche buns. They're the best type of buns to use. They're a little bit buttery, but they can, they do tend to fall apart a little bit, which is why you need to toast them. And again, that can come back to the bun durability index. Nice toasted bun gives it a solid surface. Love so, it. exactly, man. So, you got to pick the right bun. So, pick the, a good meat, use pickles, right buns, and you're going to be off to a good start. I like that right there. And I've been on your case for a little bit of a while now. We need to add sort of some sections to the website, yeah. John. Because people <laughs> will hear this and they're going to be like, this is great. But where can we get this, John? You know, so maybe we need to add something onto the website yeah. where people can just go there, check it out, Fitzy's Burger Recipe. Can Grey Wolf that? Cooking, and we're going to have aprons at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> Grey Wolf aprons. So That's the real reason we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep an eye on that, man. But, you know, this is almost a spin-off, you know, Food with Fitzy one day on the Grey Wolf Network. But, uh, like I said, since it sort of drummed up a little bit of interest, there's a few tips to make your next burger the yeah, best burger. Yeah, I love that right there, Johnny. Well, thank you for sharing. Hats off for the BDI, man. I love that. The Bun Durability <laughs> Index. Three words I'd never heard put together before. I love it. Uh, All good. righty, man. Well, let's talk a little bit about Herbs' video vault. We had a lot of feedback. Well, we had... <laughs> One person said to me, which was Nims. Big shout out to our buddy Nims, Grey Wolf Wrestling. Check out his interview with Bianca Belair right now on the network. You know the deal, Grey Wolf Entertainment.net. He said, man, I know exactly how hard it is trying to edit a JSL Herbert thing, but he just he said he had to sit through it. He yeah. had to go back and watch. Yep. But he's back. He's going off horror movies onto his other love in life, the Transformers, apparently. Hell yeah, man. Tell and me about that's it. That's it, man. And you get a shout out. We both get a shout outs in there at one point in the movie. But he was talking about the uh, the Transformers the movie, which I believe was 1986. I want to yeah, say mid-80s. around that time, yeah, mid 80s. So he's going on about that. And as I and, uh, as you've shown the world, I do enjoy Herbs's content quite a bit. But uh, I've got to say well, a couple of quick things. There was only one burp this time, which was a lot only easier on the one. ears. Only one, and I think that was pretty good. It should timestamp it so people know where it is. But <laughs> one thing that actually I thought was quite funny is there's a bit about halfway through the video, and this is a bit of a warning to people. And Herbs drops the the S word. The SH, etc. Oh, word. Family <laughs> friendly. I've told him this yeah, many yeah. times. But he bleeps it out using like a record scratch as oh, the bleep out. Go, Jay. But the record scratch is 10 times.
times louder than the rest of the video and I shat my pants when it came up because I wasn't paying enough attention and all of a sudden this record scratch came out of nowhere and I'd ruined my uh, trousers. So <laughs> just a little warning if you're going to watch it about halfway through. But Herbs, keep up the great work, man. I'm really enjoying watching your videos. I and can't wait to check it out, yeah. Jay. At time of recording, I haven't yet, but you know I will, buddy, and I hear it's on podcast format as well. It is, So yes. I can listen to it on my walks to you and can, from man. work. Thank you so much, Jay. Looking forward to that shout-out. All right, man, let's jump into some listener questions and big shout-outs to one of my favourite listeners in the world, David Knight. This guy is super cool. We've been sort of chatting, who recently celebrated yeah. her birthday. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. I don't know what to call you, man, because obviously you don't call yourself, well, maybe you do call yourself David. Very formal. Yeah, very but formal. Let's go Nighty, Nighter. Nighty, Mr. Knight. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, Mr. Knight. So shout-outs to Nighty, Mr. Knight, whatever you want to be called. Let us know if you've got a nickname, man. But he has got a couple of questions here, and both of us have not at this point in time seen Viva the Underdogs, which is a Parkway Drive documentary. Yep. They're an awesome sort of metalcore band, Johnny, who started playing in front of 10 people. Now they're, well, they're selling it as they're like, you know, the next Nirvana. This thing is huge, mm. man. So I will be checking that out this week. Fingers crossed, touch wood, so on. Pack Chat episode 4, we will jump into yeah, it. Yeah, sounds good, man. We're going to have to check that one out, because that's sort of sprung up on us anyway. But uh, the second question that night he sent in, it's it says here, would be awesome comparing your past favourite NBL games, which is a fantastic question and one we're both... One. Yeah, it is a very tough one and, and wrote down a couple of notes here and just sort of looking back to uh, you know my younger days following the NBL Nettie and I can remember the Victoria Titans coming to town back when we were younger and uh, Tony Rollinson was my hero after yes. he came to town. And the Bear. The Bear, yeah, he's the man and I can still remember that sort of 99-2000 and they made the finals twice in a row and they lost both series but I can remember what watching those seasons they had Jason Smith Daryl McDonald like it was a great team to watch and obviously coming to Horsham meant that I was sort of attached to them and unfortunately like a lot of those sort of expansion teams they didn't hang around for too long but those are some of my most fondest memories watching Big Bear and these boys just you know make the finals twice and not quite get it done but you know it still has a, a place in my heart yeah I love that there too and I love that you followed those teams because they're the teams I followed too and I always was against you know the Melbourne Tigers juggernaut yep. which now I'm like well waxy play there and Waxy's a good dude. It's Damn. not so bad then. It's yeah. not so bad. Fine, <laughs> Melbourne Tigers, whatever. So yeah, for me, buddy, the only real team that I have followed NBL-wise was Southeast Melbourne Magic way back in the day, of course. Yep. They went bust like you were just talking about. Yeah, I got behind the Titans in that, but not as much. But the South Dragons, mm, yep. dude, I was all over them. And this was the start of our friendship sort yeah, of time, you know, time. 2008, 9, 10 sort of thing. I think they actually ended in 2010. I still remember Tim Pickett, who featured on this show, sent me a text. He goes, you must be devastated about it now. And I'm like, what? I remember to this oh, day. Yeah, and then he goes yep. to South Dragons. And then that's how I found out through a Pickett text. Damn. Damn you, that's... Pickett. But yeah, I was actually at the 2008-2009 Grand Final Series. I think we got to pretty much every one of them. I was that obsessed. We were that's driving awesome. up and yep, down the yep. highway. It was crazy. But yeah, take a look at some of those young faces there, Johnny. We might pop this up yeah, on, on absolutely. the... Look at this guy here, a young Joe Ingalls. <laughs> that's so good. And I think, because we had home court advantage, so I think it must have been, Nighty, game three. And at the end of the game, like, you know, when you're at those NBL games yep. and people throw out stuff oh, and, yeah, and yeah. whatever, this never happens. My mum was there and Brody was there. He must have been super young. When was he born? 2000 and... Think about this. Five? Six? 
Yeah, 2006 he was born. So this is 2009. So he's three years old. Yep. Joe Ingalls throws out a little ball signed. My mum catches oh, it. Oh, yeah. Never happened again. Yep. Or since yep. She caught this Joe Ingalls ball. They'd won. She hands it to Brody because she's an absolute oh, legend. And we've still got that to this that's day. That's so cool. That grand final series, absolutely amazing. Some great memories from watching that team, man. I absolutely, to That's this awesome. day, have not had more fonder memories than the South Dragons. Yeah. 100%. Like, you know how confused I am now with teams? Oh, it's too I hard. love the Sydney Kings <laughs> because Brucey plays for them. And, you know, Kevin Lish, he was awesome to talk yep, to. So yep. the Kings are awesome. But then we're sort of Melbourne United. We have been since, you know. Yeah, uh, now we've got, yeah, now there's Waxy, the Kings, and we've got the Phoenix. It's, it's very confusing. Times actually, it really is because you got Creek at the, yeah, yeah. At the Phoenix, he's a good dude. Shawnee Bruce, awesome dude, and Mitch McCarron. So that's probably Mitch McCarron wherever he goes. Yeah, but, but I'm like that sad case guy now. But this team, <laughs> the South Dragons, uh, they're probably the last team that I legit followed. I still actually have their 07 founding member key tag. That's very cool. And it's, it's an interesting case. story, the South Dragons, because they like they won the championship and then what folded 18 months later, just about. Like it's a it's an interesting story. They won the championship, that was it. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a fascinating story. Maybe we can look into it a bit more on a hoops episode at some stage if we can get one of the guys on to maybe find out a bit more about what happened. I'd love to, and I've almost landed one of the guys. We won't go any further into that, but then he stopped messaging back. <laughs> Tell you what, my Melbourne Tigers buddies didn't do that <laughs> no, no, in, in Lucas right. Waxy Walk. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, those things happen. But on the topic of NBL, and right before we jump into that, thank you, Nighty, for the questions. Hope that sort of is yep. – that's a brief answer. You could go into so many. Oh, for sure. Like John and I took a bunch of our Horsham Hornets under – what were they, under John? Under 14s. Under 14s to see a United game. That's a very yeah. special memory. That was a yep. great game. United spanked that one in. And there's just so many over the years. We're not like you. We're not season holders, but we do try to get to at least one or two a year. Exactly, man. And like you're saying, it could be many, many memories. And, uh, you know, I guess some interesting memories that this next topic could lead to is what happened with Bryce Cotton, who's basically pulled the pin on his contract and he's gone. Well, apparently there's a clause now in the NBL contract saying that everyone's had to take a pay cut and mm. the best players are taking up to a 50% pay cut, but they do have the option to opt out, which yeah. is what Bryce Cotton has done and said that he'll always be a Perth Wildcat. So if he does come back, he will play for Perth. Yeah. But that could mean, and it's an absolutely horrible topic right here, we've been talking this up over our Grey Wolf Hoops episode, how big our league is growing and how fantastic it is. But if we don't have those draw cards in those big time imports like the Bryce Cardins etc then the league could be in a little bit of trouble again big time man and uh, you, you sort of hope that this doesn't start a trend almost with some of these overseas players but one thing I thought was really interesting with Cotton is you remember how go back six months ago there was the rumours about him becoming an Australian citizen so he could exactly. come and play for the Boomers and all of a sudden it's just it's over coronavirus has killed yeah, it too. it is yeah. very scary times there so I'm not sure how many people will follow suit Waxy Walker was talking about this yep, a little bit yep. in our interview too. He's sort of up in the air at the moment. A lot of people are at the moment. So I'm just thankful that being a number one basketball supporter that we're in the off season now. Yeah, it's not the true. current season like with the AFL. We'll better jump into that more as it progresses, I guess, Johnny. Yeah. But like on the topic of the AFL, it's back soon. Yeah, back soon, man. It sounds like they're getting very close and it's, it almost sounds like they're getting a lot of pressure to almost make an announcement. And I've seen a few dates in June thrown around. I think June 11 was one that they've thrown around and 
They're obviously trying to work out a solution with, you know, these player hubs was one idea that I think has been thrown out since. And, you know, they're just sort of trying to figure out what they can do, you know, now that things are, I guess, slowly starting to get back to normal. But I have a feeling we're going to have some football, uh, you know, news and announcements very, very, very soon. And I think sometime in June it'll get back underway again, probably without the crowds again. But, you know, Grey Wolf footy is going to hang in there and we'll be back for episode four after the hiatus very soon. I tell you what, if not, I do picture one Matthew Grace driving down down to Gillan McLaughlin's house and yes. just saying, bring back the footy. I can't do it without Grey Wolf footy. You're an idiot, McLaughlin. Oh, that's his yeah. name, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one. So, you know, fingers crossed we're going to see that pretty soon. But I think because the NRL is getting back underway or trying to, that's really sort of forcing the hand of the AFL. Yeah, I heard it June for footy and yep. he was talking about this just recently, October for the grand final. Yeah. So they're, they're yep. still looking at October there. So not, yeah. not pushing it out any later. So it'll be a case of watch this space and just be thankful we're getting an exactly. Exactly right. That's probably a good way to put it, man. Like, this is a terrible situation for everybody, and at least if we get some sort of sport out of it, be grateful. Yeah, definitely right there. Big shout-out to my boy Matt Grace. We haven't seen him in physical person in a while. It's very upsetting. <laughs> Last time I saw him was through that Facebook messenger where he was eating his toast. That was great. <laughs> I was like, what? He's just eating his toast, and the, the phone's darting around Dude, everywhere. What a guy. Man's got to eat. Come on. He, he does. He does. It was 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. But anyway, these things happen Johnny let's talk a little bit of merch before we bounce for episode That's it, man. 3 and as we said earlier on in the show the uh, hoodies new hoodie designs are all up and ready to go ready to put some pre-orders in and like I said before we'll have those in by 15th of May which is a Friday so make sure you get your orders in over the next few weeks and then we'll have the deliveries all out sort of by the end of May as we've done with the t-shirts in the past but check it out we've got a few different designs for hoodies we've got the t-shirts available once again if you haven't got one of those so just get on there and, and show some love for the Grey Wolf. Yeah, we really do appreciate all the support and Patreon is going to be pretty cool too. So if you're yep. digging the Grey Wolf thing and you want to jump on there, it's not as if you're just going to throw money at us. We are going to throw stuff back at yep. you. Here's a little bit of a teaser. We're talking possible stubby holders. We've got some posters and things in the works and a little bit more, a bit of behind the scenes stuff yeah. and interactions as well with our people on the panel. So we've got the community. We're building it. Get behind it and keep it Grey Wolf, I guess. Yeah, exactly right. It's a good way to sum it up, man. But stay tuned over the next week or so. We'll have more information on that. But we're really trying to make these tiers and whatever you subscribe to sort of worth it, you know, because it's got to be a bit of back and forth. So supporting us, but you're also getting some exclusive gear out of it, I guess. So stay tuned on all the socials and the website for more info on that soon. Yeah, most definitely. Stick about. We'll be back with Pack Chat episode four next week. Cheerio. Cheerio. <laughs> This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.